Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Yeah, gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. And I can't get it out of my head. Cause I won't use discretion when I'm talking about obsession. Cause this is what makes me me. And I'm glad that I called ya. I'm talking about nostalgia. And this is where I wanna be. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Yeah, gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Gimme uh, with your resident horse girl and host, Kathleen DeMarl. Um, I'm very excited for this week's guest. She's super funny. You can see her hopefully when comedy's back all over Boston. Uh, we have the lovely Izzy DeRosa on today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So when I originally posted a few weeks ago about what people's childhood obsessions were, you wrote cheer slash dance, and I'm pretty sure you also wrote, but I wasn't allowed to do it or, so- or something like that? Yes, yeah. So I was not allowed to do cheerleading until I was in high school, and I sort of just like made the decision on my own to do it. So growing up, I did dance, and then I did a little bit of gymnastics, but I did that because it was like the closest thing I could get to doing cheerleading. Okay. But when did you, like, what, what's your first memory of being like, I want to be in cheerleading? Uh, when Bring It On came out. I applied at a friend's house and I was like, oh my God, I want to do that. Like, I want to be thrown in the air. I want to throw people in the air and I want to do all those flips. And your parents were like, was it one parent who was like more against you doing it? Or was it just like, They both were kind of like, it's unsafe. And actually, that might be kind of a lie. I think I probably, before Bring It On came out, my neighbors did cheerleading and they were always like showing me the cheers and the chants and doing cartwheels. So I was constantly doing that stuff with them. Um, And then when I saw Bring It On, I saw like the competitive flips and stuff like that. And that's when I got really uh, into wanting to do it. Yeah. And my parents were, my mom didn't know quite as much about it. I think she probably would have let me do it. My dad was like, it's expensive. It's unsafe. It's all these things. So. Yeah. I think my parents had that same feeling about like horseback riding. They're like, you could get thrown off and like have an injury. And I'm sure, did you have any injuries during your time in cheerleading? I actually didn't get injured until college. I broke my nose, had like sprained ankles a few times and then um, like three concussions. Oh my God. Wait. So I don't know a lot about cheerleading. So were you like one of the people that like would fly up in the. No. Okay. So I, when I first tried out for cheerleading, which was freshman year of high school, I got cut. I was so small that I had to fly. I was prepubescent, So I had to go in the air and I was terrified and I couldn't do anything in the air because I was like, okay, just put me down. Um, so then I didn't end up making the team. So then the following year, luckily I went through this like huge growth spurt and grew. Um, so then I got to be on the ground. I was a back spot for the, which is like, so you have a base, like an all girl base group has usually three people underneath. There's two bases holding the foot underneath it. Um, and then there is a back spot holding the ankle to like pull the weight off of the bases. Okay. Yeah. 
So it's generally like the taller girls on the team are the back spots. Yeah. And then I feel like there are these like teeny tiny girls that get like thrown in the air. Yeah. So those are the flyers. That's usually your small, smaller girls on the team. Um, not always the smallest because sometimes you'll have like a girl who maybe is a little bit bigger than other members of the team, but she is really strong. So like holds her body weight super well and fly. Like I actually think the best flyers I've had have not been the smallest flyers I've had. They've been the ones that are like the strongest and the most like had the most like body awareness. Yeah. And like body control. That, that totally makes sense. Okay. So you started cheerleading in high school, but you said you started dance before that. Were you dancing like from a young, young age? Yeah. I started dance at like five. And was it just ballet or did you also do like tap and jazz and like all that other stuff? I actually only did jazz until I was like maybe 10. Okay. Finally did jazz and ballet, but I, um, yeah, just jazz the whole time. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, with the cheerleading, I, I don't know. I grew up ice skating, so I feel like there are like some similarities, but with, with the cheerleading, did you find that there were like other teams that you had that like bring it on rivalry with? So when I did it in high school, there was, uh, I went to Merrimack high school in New Hampshire. And then there's a team at the time Merrimack was pretty good. I would say like the top three when I was in high school were Merrimack, Salem, and Pinkerton. Um, Pinkerton Academy was so good. They were always the best. Um, and so I don't know that it was necessarily a rivalry, but those were like the teams you'd always like look out for, but there was never, at least in my experience, I didn't feel like there was like that cattiness, but I was like so blissfully unaware. Oh, like you were just like happy to be there. Yeah. And like, I obviously wanted to win. Um, but I don't know, to me, it was like the people on the team aren't the problem. Like, you know? Yeah. Okay. Did you have any beefs like within your own team? Like, did you, were there people you disliked that were on your team? No, not a ton. I remember being super jealous because when I tried out my sophomore year, I was on the team in the fall. And then in the winter, this girl tried out and she hadn't done it in the fall. And then she made it and I was an alternate. Oh. Yeah. So she, she she was better than me, but I like was young and I was like, this is, I hate this. Like I was already here. But aside from that, I don't really recall. Okay. That's right. I mean- I might, and I just maybe don't want to say. Yeah, like you have a secret that you don't want to say, like, oh, my best friend, I hated her. No, as far as I generally liked most of my teammates, I think there were maybe sometimes people on the team that, you know, the team was kind of annoyed by. Yeah. Yeah. And then you also did cheerleading in, did you cheerlead in college too? Yeah, I did. Okay. And how was that different than like high school? Is it more competitive in college? Well, so my college experience was weird. It, when I got there, it wasn't very good. Like people were on the team were like, yeah, we go to nationals every year, but like we get last. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And I had no idea what, like how competitive and elite cheerleading could look. And then we went to nationals and I was like, oh my God, this is a mess. It was so fun, but like our team just was not prepared in that way. Yeah. So I did um, 
they call it all-star cheerleading, which is like competitive only cheerleading. So I did that while I was in college, um, one, my sophomore year. And then after that, my competitive, my all-star coach came to coach at my college and then it got better and we were more competitive as the years went on. Yeah. It was really I, good. College was probably my favorite cheerleading experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you like of all the cheer like the you go to meets, you probably have to like wake up early and like have like this long day of drudgery. Do you have like a particularly bad like cheerleading competition that you remember? Oh gosh. I probably blocked it. Okay. No. So I remember when our coach came to BU from All-Star and you know, we prepared. He is like his name's Scott. He's like the best coach I've ever had. Um, him and actually his partner, Brad, both coach us. And they were two of the best coaches I've had in any sport in my entire life. And they prepared us like so well. Um, and we went down to Daytona and we just absolutely ate shit. And it was the most upsetting situation. Like I think Scott and Brad were super disappointed. And I think people on the team got really upset by how they reacted because they were so used to like, this is just what happens. Yeah. Brad were really upset. I think that they got everybody on, not everybody, but a few people on the team like freaked out. Um, and we're super, super mad, but it was like, they're not lying. So when you say that your team ate shit, did you guys like fall over in a pyramid or something or like what? Oh, really? Yeah, I like stunts fell, a pyramid fell, tumbling passes got skipped, like a lot of not good. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. I mean, I I I used to have to do like basically these large productions with ice skating where you would have a team of like 15 to 20 people and you'd all have to like skate around in, in sync together. And yeah. I remember like when one girl would fall, it would be like devastating to like the rest of the program. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like that's the same thing with cheerleading. It's like, if somebody falls during a tumble, then it like throws everybody else off. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it like, it's funny. I've never known ice skating to be like a big group like that. So now the way you're describing it sounds wicked similar to cheerleading. Um, where there's like choreography that you have to do. And if one person's off, so yeah, it can be scary sometimes too, because if you're like tumbling, you tumble very close. So the lines, the mats are organized with like lines. Um, cause you put tape over the lines and then there's spaces. So the, if you're on a space, you're usually like halfway in between the lines. Right. And then kind of staggered. So like the row in front of you will be like all lines. And then you'll be like, you know, a few steps back from them on a space, like on a half. Um, sometimes even like on a quarter of the mat. So you're super close. So if somebody skips something or busts something, it's, it's scary. Like you might see it out of the corner of your eye. Um, I didn't tumble a ton. So okay. like, didn't, I didn't run into that too much. Um, but I just feel like there's always like on teams like that, like they say everybody is equally as strong, but you know that there's like a weak link somewhere and you're like, share better not ruin this for all of us for sure oh yeah absolutely it's always and it's always like a flyer oh There's always one flyer on a team who maybe chickens out or they don't fly well on the on anybody 
So yeah. they have something like watered down and then, you know, so if everybody, so like, there's so many terms. If, if everybody's doing like a full up, which is like where you spin up to the top of a stunt. Yep. Um, or a double up where you spin twice to the top of a stunt. And then one flyer either has to like spin once if everybody's spinning twice or not spin at all. And everybody's spinning once, like, and then that's usually the flyer everybody's worried about too. They're like, oh my God, she's going to eat it. Or she's going to, you know, I don't kick it out, but usually with harsher language. I mean, but like, is the flyer the easiest job or is that like, I mean, they're, they're the ones getting tossed, right? So like, they just have to not mess. I don't know. Maybe it's not easiest because they have a lot of, I guess it depends. It totally depends. Right. Group, because you might have a group where you have weaker bases and you're a really strong back spot. So you're doing a lot there. You might have a group where the back spot's not that strong. So the bases are having a super hard time or the flyers having a super hard time. So it really depends on the combination. Um, my coaches were really good at pairing, like grouping people together to play to everybody's strengths. That's good. Um, yeah. So that was pretty cool. So generally you were prepared enough. We were always prepared enough to like do well at a competition. At that point, it was just like the mental aspect that was going to make or break the performance. Okay. And then I have this like misperception, I think, from watching all of those Bring It On movies. Are there dudes on cheerleading teams specifically there to like try to get women? Like, is that a real thing? I don't think so. I think, uh, I mean, maybe, but I think a lot of the time, in my experience, whenever boys have been on a team, they've taken it pretty seriously and they've like really enjoyed doing it. You know, and then of course, like you put men and women in close proximity to each other. Sometimes like people form relationships or hook up or something. But I mean, uh, as far as like, whenever I've been on a team with guys, I feel like they were there because they wanted not, to score. Not because they were trying to score with, with somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh my God. And especially when you get to like really high level cheerleading, like when if you're on like an all-star team, first of all, any boy who's doing all-star is just doing it because they love the sport and they want to compete. Right. Um, and they're very talented. And then college, especially down South where the boys are like insanely good, mm-hmm. huge. I feel like they're all guys who maybe played football or some sport. And then in college decided they were just going to switch yeah. or they did a little bit of both. It's more common. I think in the South for guys to cheer than in the north well i mean i think that cheerleading in general in the south is like a bigger deal like i grew up at a high school where uh in the burbs where like cheerleading was not that big of a deal like people did it but i don't really think they ever like competed or anything like that yeah i don't remember sudbury being that i don't even think we were good if we did cheer you know yeah yeah, and they started kids off like really early. Like I remember when Pop Warner football was a thing, you would hear about like three year olds going to like, like do Pop Warner cheerleading, and I was like, how are you like starting a child in cheerleading so young? Yeah, it, uh, when I did All Star, they had t- they have Tiny Tots, which I think is like four to five. Um, minis is like six to eight years old, 
And then there's tiny prep, which I think you can be three and four years old, which is just like, it's so funny to watch because it's super slow counts. The music is so slow. The coaches are in the front of the mat, like doing all the moves with the kids. Yeah. Um, It's so funny. After six, I could see that you'd be able to like maybe get a kid focused, but at like three or four, it's like you're just doing the routine in front of them. Yeah. And to do it. Right. Yeah. And I think like they probably, I actually have no idea how you coach a team that young, but maybe just like, I know in gymnastics, they have like baby gymnastics where they teach a lot of balance and like, you know, the very basic fundamental skills of just life in general, I think. Yeah. Okay. So after college, did you cheer all four years of co- that you were in undergrad that you yes. were in college? Yep. Okay. Four years of undergrad. And then did you, have you been, after you graduated, did you like keep doing it? Is it something you can do as like an adult or no? Yeah. So what I did after college was I helped coach for a little bit with my coaches, Scott and Brad, and who are actually two of my best friends. I coached with them for a little bit. Um, and then I graduated 2014, 20, the 2015 year I helped coach. And then the 2016 year I was helping coach, but we were like short a person. So I was like, I'll sign up for a grad class and then, uh, cheer on the team. Cause it's not an NCAA sport. So you didn't need to have like a full master's course load. You just okay. have number of credits. So I was on the team that year. Um, and then after that, I retired for one year and then I was like, oh, I want to cheer again. So then I did all-star again. On okay. Team. And so like all-stars, you could be like on an adult amateur team or something like that. Is that basically yeah. what it is? Yes. Yeah. So there's all-stars has levels one through seven, um, where seven is basically, it used to be one through six, seven is now the collegiate level skills. So like higher pyramids, flipping and twisting baskets. Um, and then levels one through six kind of like vary based on skill level, tumbling and stunting. Okay. So I was on, at the time it was a open level five. Um, now it would be considered open level six, which is, yeah, it sounds super impressive. I didn't tumble. Super a- impressive, Izzy. Thank you. Um, I didn't do a lot of tumbling. I was more, I didn't tumble at all in the routine. I did stunts and motions. Okay. Um, so then we, you could, yeah, you can sign up at any age, really. Like I said, they have like tinies and then they go all the way to open. And then open, there's really no cap. Um, just as long as you're physically capable of doing the skills. Yeah. But I feel like you don't have like 60 year old women, like still cheering at that no, point. Yeah, It's like super intense at that point. And even some of the teams down South, when they have like an open team, there's a big age gap. Um, I know on my team, there was a pretty big age gap. Like we had flyers on the team who were 13 and then the oldest one on the team was 29. Okay. So wow. yeah, the majority of the team was, I would say college age and above. Yeah. Um, But you have, what you end up having is a lot of girls who are super young, like these 13 year olds who are maybe a little bit taller um, and just like bigger than their teammates. So, but they want to learn how to fly Mm -hmm. Um, because they're still small girls. They just like are on a young team. So then they have these girls that are tiny, but they want to learn 
skills to fly. So they go, they uh, do two teams and they double team on like an open team to fly on adults. Um, and then you have like high school students who maybe want to continue doing all-star, but then they need something like less time consuming than their high school team. Like they want to be able to do their high school team and their, you know, so were practices like for college were practices like super early before classes and stuff like that? I mean, you were probably like busy, right? Very busy. Yeah, with- we actually practiced late at night. We were, oh. um, cause we had to kind of take last priority for like gym space and stuff. So we did like eight to 11 PM practices. Um, and so then 11 PM. So you're there, yeah. you're like, I should be in bed. Yeah. And actually there was a point where our coach was able to get the key so he could close down the gym. So there was a night where we were there until 1230 in the morning. Um, but that's like when it gets closer to competitions and yeah. specifically. Yeah. Um, and you practiced like ha- like every day? Did you guys have practice? No, we practiced generally like on a Sunday and then twice a week Okay. in the fall. And then spring semester, it was more like four to five times a week. Okay. Now, a big thing that I've seen in cheer, and you actually posted a video about this, is like the cheer makeup and like the hair. It just feels like it's a lot of work. Yes, it is a lot of work. Um, It's very fun because it's like you're never going to do makeup like that. I mean, maybe you will. I never will. So me and my friends used to have like, you like complain about it and it stinks because it's like, making your, you know, getting ready process like an hour or two, probably two to three hours actually longer than what it would be. Right. So I ended up always having like a really short bob. So that way my hair just had to be like straightened and then pulled back in the middle. Okay. Yeah. So, um, That's that smart. Way just, yeah. Cause then I could just go to bed with straight hair and then wake up and like touch it up a little bit and put it up and just do makeup. Um, but yeah, a lot of makeup. It's like stage makeup and it depends on your coach and like the look that they want you to achieve. Yeah. Um, in college, there is a collegiate image score. Um, yeah. Wait, is that based on like how the uniforms look and like the hair and makeup? Is that what the image score is based on? Yeah. If in for the most part, teams get like a 10 out of 10 on that. The only way you would lose points on that is like, there's certain things where if the hair is like unsafe, for the competition. Like if you wore your hair full down, okay. you would out of 10. I think there was something where like, if a bow touches your forehead, um, all these weird rules, or if the uniforms like look sloppy, like if they're ill-fitting or something like that. Okay. I'm just thinking about how like, I'm taking it back to my, my only experience with ice skating, which was before competitions. It was so ridiculous. They would be like, no visible panty lines, no bra straps showing. Like you have to pull your hair back. Like we had to like gel our hair down. It's yeah. like so much work. And then I didn't even realize, but there probably was an image score like there, which is wild to me, but yeah. I guess they don't really want like a group of cheerleaders going out there, like in like stained t-shirts and yeah, like with like hair hanging all over the place. Yeah. there And there was one year where a team got a violation, a team that I was close with, uh, got a violation because the, uh, skirts were the skirts they believed were too short. 
Oh. Uh, yeah, because some girls have like bigger butts if your butt cheeks are hanging out. And if sure. it's like, in an egregious way. Um, I don't necessarily think it was egregious, but I mean, it just like, ha- it happens. Like you're moving around so much that, you know, if you have any type of butt or hips, like. It just like happens. rides up. Yeah. Yeah. So then they ended up wearing capris the next day. They're practice capris. And then they actually won the whole competition. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Changing the outfit for But collegiate Im- image score would never be something where like they're judging people's like physical appearance as they are it's more like how did you present yourself on the mat is your uniform do you have matching uniforms yeah. do they fit you appropriately is your hair and makeup done in a way that's like a- appropriate however they deem that and then right you know so and like the easiest way I think to get the best score on that is just to look as uniform as possible and then yeah like everybody wears their hair in the same style or yeah does the same like lip color or whatever it is yes right yeah yeah so you posted that video was that at the beginning of quarantine yes the makeup tutorial yeah it was probably in like april may maybe were you just like oh i'm bored what what can i like what made you decide to like put that video out i was super bored and i was thinking about like wanting to do something content wise okay and i've i've done like you know, spoof makeup tutorials in the past, but I was like, okay, let me do one that is, and I was like obsessed with cheer on Netflix. Right. Uh, Yeah. Still am. Um, and I was like, oh my God, I should do a cheerleading makeup tutorial because like people don't know what we do for cheerleading makeup. So let me do that. I am not the best at cheerleading makeup as evidenced in that video, but, um, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I thought it was really funny because I was thinking every time, like when I watched that video, I was like, yeah, I've known plenty of people that have had to go through this. Yeah. And actually the funny thing is that eyelash bit where I was missing, I, that was not a bit. I was actually missing the eyelash. Um, And I don't think I found it until I moved out of my apartment because I rolled up the rug and I was like, why is there an eyelash right here? Oh yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't move out much like two months after that video. So yeah. you know. Okay. So you mentioned cheer. Mm-hmm. Did you get into, like, did you get into that show? Like you just found it or did somebody recommend it to you? Like it was a big deal for a while. It was definitely like, I heard so many people talking about it. Mm-hmm. Did you just see it? And you're like, I have to reconnect like with, with, with your leading. Yeah. I mean, I, everybody I know who does cheerleading or is some way involved with cheerleading was posting about it on Facebook. And they were like, this is like the most accurate depiction of cheerleading in media so far. Like, you know, please watch this. And then I was like, Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to watch that. And I watched it and I was hooked. You were obsessed for a while because I was like, I think I need to watch the show because Izzy is so into it. It's so, it's a phenomenal show. Um, Did you watch it? I haven't watched it yet. I need to watch it. It's really, really good. That team is incredible. Like Navarro College is a team where when I was a freshman in college in 2010, um, so I was in Daytona 2011, my teammates were like, oh, we have to go watch Navarro. And I was like, what's that? And they were like, oh, it's a junior college from Texas. And I was like, like, a two-year college with a very competitive cheerleading team like that doesn't make yeah. sense because up here like 
you know, in the Northeast, I don't think there's any community colleges that are having really any sports. Um, Definitely not. Not at such a high competitive level. Actually, I think Roxbury Community College has like a really good basketball team. So anyways, they were like, oh, we have to go watch Navarro. And I remember watching them and being blown away. And every year since I've watched, like every time they compete, you're like, okay, we got to watch Navarro. Yeah. So when they show, it was so cool to see there behind the scenes. Did you like peer pressure any non-cheerleading people to watch that show? Oh, yeah. I was trying to convince everybody to watch the show. Um, Some of the other comedians in the community I have convinced. um, Lily, other Wet Cat girls watched it. Um, Okay. Yeah. And then actually one day I sent Aaron a cheerleading song. Okay. And I was like, oh, you should listen to this. And she was like, oh, this is a bop. Like, you send me more? And then I, or she was like, is there a video with this? And I was like, oh, yes, I will send you videos. I don't know if she's watched the Netflix show yet, but she's hooked. Oh, my God. Wait, there's specifically, there's specific music for cheerleading? They don't just use, like, top 40 songs or something? No, yeah, so there's specific music. And actually now, back in the day, you used to be able to incorporate top 40. Yeah. And the music guy would put songs into your routine but now you can't do that because of like copyright laws so you basically the way it works is you have an eight count sheet for whoever's going to do your music and every single eight count of your music you write down what's happening um actually that's like kind of an old-fashioned way to do it because now what they will do is the music person that you use will send will have like an eight count track so then you will, it'll just be like kind of fun and upbeat, but it'll be counting like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, and you'll do the routine to that and your coach will record it and then they'll send it in to the music person. They will make music. So everything has like a sound effect or like. Um, wow. That's like a big production to like put the music together, right? Yeah. It's such a lucrative business too like that music is custom so it's extremely expensive oh and some music uh, producers creators whatever i guess djs i don't know that make the songs will s- sort of like tell a whole gym they're like okay if i'm gonna do you know your music i have to do it for every team in the gym or every world's team in the gym and then they buy like a package where they'll do that for their all their world teams or even all their teams and then that person's making easily I would say easily 20 grand making music for the gyms and then at that point like what happens if the song flops then you're just like stuck with it for like a couple seasons one season you get new music every season so they're investing like all this money and then you're just like oh next season we have something else yep and then yeah because you do a new routine every season too and so what a lot of teams will do um is they'll get their original mix and then they'll have like a world's mix if they're an all-star team or like I I think college teams generally use their college music the whole time because college is a little bit more affordable since they know it's like young you know college students who can't afford can't necessarily afford to shell out thousands of dollars for a season cheerleading yeah has anything in cheerleading like helped you with stand-up do you think and like what you do in stand-up yeah, absolutely. I so cheerleading is like so much repetition. When you're practicing, you're doing the same routine over and over. You're like cleaning up sections of your routine. 
um, making changes based on like judges feedback and then also just like what's working in practice and what's not. And I feel like that's just like working on like a set or a new bit, like you're kind of changing it throughout and you're doing it over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, And I feel like that helps. I think the stage aspect, I loved the performance aspect of cheerleading. So that helps. They're super different. Um, Stand up to me is a little bit scarier because you're by yourself and you're just talking at a crowd. Um, Cheerleading is, it's less scary, but the, for me, but the adrenaline rush is way bigger in cheerleading. Like there is not a single thing that I will ever do, I think in my life that will compare to like, the feeling I get before and during like a competition. Do you get nervous before stand-up sets though? Like, do you get an adrenaline rush or not really? No, not really. It's interesting because some people like, there are some people that can just go on stage cold and then there are other people that have to like shake, literally like shake themselves out. It's just so wild to me. Like what people think is scary and what other people are like, oh, this is fine. Yeah, I get, I mean- I get a little bit nervous. I think I haven't done anything that's like high stakes enough to feel, you know, like I'm, I'm comfortable with, I always want to do a good job. So I do get nervous about that. And I get nervous as the crowd is responding or not responding. I think when I watch other people go up, I have a little bit better of an idea of what to expect. Sure. But is that, is there that with like cheer competitions too, or not really? Cheer competitions, no matter what, the crowd is going to react positively except if you fall and stuff like that. So I think what's stress stressful about that is like, you don't know if someone on your team is going to fall or bust or you don't know if the whole team is going to hit the routine. So that makes it super scary. Yeah. Uh, It's usually a huge crowd of like hundreds. And then when you go to the bigger, like when I, you know, there's a all-star nationals or Daytona um, college nationals or world's, those have crowds of like, probably, at, I would say at least a thousand. And then if, for the huge teams, it's like thousands. Oh my God. Kind of watch. Um, so that's a little bit more. Well, that's different than like doing a bar show on a Monday for like 10 people. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes that's way scarier when like, when you're at a show and it's a small crowd, that is terrifying. But I've never had like an adrenaline rush before or during a set. I think if I feel really good, it's like afterwards. Yeah, I get that. Like afterwards you have that feel, either that feeling of like euphoria, like, oh, I just crushed or like that feeling of dread, like, oh, I just like bombed my set. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've crushed, but you know, if I feel like I'm satisfied, I'm like, oh, I feel good. I'm sure you've crushed, Izzy. I don't even remember sometimes. It's hard. I mean, when was the last time you did stand up? We've been in quarantine for like three months at this point, right? So- The last time I did stand-up was March 12th when I hosted the open mic at the studio, the late night one. Oh man, that's a, that's a rough spot to end yeah. on right before quarantine. And then, uh, I don't even remember the show I did before that. Have you been doing anything cheer related in quarantine? No, I wish. I thought you bought some like mats or something. I did buy a mat. I so I work out on it, but I haven't done any like tumbling and I have not worked out in a while. I think I've worked out maybe twice this whole quarantine and then I've gone on walks, but I have not done like, um, actually that the workouts I did were the cheerleading, like warm up that I used to do, which maybe I'll post that on my blog or something. Have you been watching like any 
Like there's other, besides cheer, there's like other cheer related. I feel like I've seen a lot of like cheer documentaries and like TV shows. Yeah. Like, do you have other favorites besides cheer? No, to be honest, I could not get into some of the other shows. Like people were like, there's one, actually this team that we competed against from Canada called the Great White Sharks. And then I don't remember the name of the documentary, but it's on Netflix and it's like cheer or something. I I watched it, but I couldn't really get into it. It like is really, it's longer. It's a little more like lighthearted, which is good, but I liked the like, in the cheer show, they're like very serious about it. And it like go, yeah. walks through like how serious the sport is, right? And how like serious they take it. Yeah. And it also touches on like the lives of the athletes. I think that's what's super cool um, is like you kind of get insight into like who's on their team, which is awesome because it's sort of, it's a junior college. So it's a place where people who maybe don't get the opportunity to go to college will go and yeah. they get get a college education and they all have like these really amazing stories from lives so I do think that there's like a misconception with cheerleading that like everyone who cheers is like this like super popular like kind of like bubble-headed person that is just there for the social activities but I think like things like cheer it shows you that like no it's like a serious sport like you could like people take it really seriously yeah very very seriously and I think it's like it's a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of discipline, like a, like a lot of sports. But I think cheerleading is one of the sports that often gets like a bad rep as being like, oh, whatever. Like they're not doing anything, which is not true. Yeah. The cheerleading I've seen, like we did, I did, I wasn't exposed to like competitive cheerleading. I was just exposed to like the girls that were in my high school who like didn't care about cheerleading. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of that where, like, people who are cheering are doing it for the uniform, and they're doing it for, like... Oh, like, the letter... Like, I think our cheerleaders got, like, letterman jackets or something. Yeah. I don't even think my school... I don't remember if my high school did letterman jackets, but you got a letter. Okay. But, I mean, at the time, my high school was very, very good at cheerleading. So, actually, I was on... In high school, I was on JV for two years. Of the three that I did it, I was on JV and then I did one season of varsity, but I was an alternate because you had to have a back handspring for JV. Okay. For varsity, you had to have uh, a tuck or better. And usually people had running, tumbling on varsity. I only had back handsprings by the time I was a senior. So like I didn't have a ton of skills to fall back on. And then in college, I got more skills and after college, but so I did, I still got a letter because I was still a member of the team, but right. Yeah. But you had to work pretty hard for it. So yeah. There has to be like something you, you didn't like about cheerleading. Like, is there like an aspect of cheerleading that you don't like? Oh yes. Um, I would say, honestly, it can burn you out. Like, cause you just are go, go, go for like a year, mm-hmm. nine months, honestly, year round, if you want to be extremely good at it. But I always like took a little bit of an off season if I could but it's a so that's like tough is you just have to constantly be working on your skills it's tumbling was so scary for me so I hate that I was afraid of tumbling yeah but like tumbling is hard I mean if you're gonna like go run at full speed and like try to do a bunch of moves like I understand that being something that I I would be scared of that too yeah I wish I had done it a little bit younger because I would have gotten more skills 
as a younger kid. And then I think if you can get them while you're young and just maintain them as you go, it's better. Kids have no fear. They'll do a back handspring off their head and then they'll you'll be like, oh, good job. And they're like, okay. And they keep going. Yeah. That's if you start those kids at the tiny tot age. Yeah. Yeah. Or even like six-year-olds, eight-year-olds, like even 10. Yeah. Like at age 10. And then once I started, I was taller. The other thing I don't like is like to do it at the level I want to do it at, which is all-star like competitive only, it's expensive. And like my, you know, I don't have like a wealthy family. So I was paying for a lot of it myself. Um, so I stupidly would put it on credit cards, but the offer these like booster clubs where you can like do some of the fundraising and there's Mm -hmm. like a requirement. So they like hold you to it. So you're not just like, Oh, I'm joining the booster club. And then you don't, you know, so there's that. So that helps a lot, but like generally you'll find that the more money you have to put into it, the better you're going to be at it. That's true with a lot of sports though, which is like really sad because there's a lot of sports, like I'm sure you experienced it with dance too, where it's like, you're going to get better if you can pay for like more lessons and if you have the right equipment and like all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like when I did all-star, I want to say I was paying $90 a month for the gym fee and that's on an open team. I think if you're on like a senior level team or a junior level team, which is just anyone under 18, those are like $180 a month or something. And then, cause you know, the gym's got to pay for their insurance, the gym time, the electricity, all that stuff. So it's like, it, it does stink that I think there are probably a lot of people who could do it. Yeah. Pretty good at it, but just, it's not, it's too expensive. Yeah. I will say though, some gyms do a good, like, if you are talented and you kind of show a knack for something, gyms will pay for you to do it. That feels like that's like really hard to get though, right? Yeah. yeah, you have to be extremely talented. It's either like boys who are able to do like level, you know, five, six, and seven stuff because those are the world teams. Those are the ones that get you the like attention and the yeah the prestige. So boys who can do that usually I think don't have to pay for the gym. And then, because there's already so few boys that want to do it, that I think it's kind of like an equity thing. And then I think also athletes who are very talented that can't afford it will get it. But you, you know, you kind of have to be talented to do it, or you have to show a knack for it before. I mean, you have to put in a lot of hours to even get to the point to be like considered that talented to get it for free, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's rough. Okay. I know we like mostly talked about cheer, but I have to ask you because you also did dance. Do you have a strong opinion about the TV show Dance Moms? I actually don't watch Dance Moms. You never watch Dance Moms? I never watch Dance Moms. I should watch it. But you know what it is? I've seen cheer moms in real life. Okay. And I, one of my friends on my team was like, my mom will drop me off at the gym and she will never sit in the parent room because those like once you become a mom and you sit in the parent room you become a cheer mom and she was like it's a dangerous it's a very slippery slope you start gossiping you start saying things about children so I think that's why I couldn't watch dance moms because I'm like oh I could not imagine but I heard it's so good so I do want to watch it's ridiculous it's like insanely ridiculous but I do think you're right because there are moms like we had ice skating moms who like definitely were talking trash about like other ice skaters and like we're yeah. overly competitive. We actually had ice skating moms that like joined the club and like skated 
to like basically like talk trash about their kid, like other kids that their kids were competing against. Oh my God. I think the moms are worse than like the cheerleaders themselves probably. Yeah, absolutely. I think the kids on the team generally are supportive of each other and even of people who are not necessarily as good. Like I remember every year I had to get a standing tuck again. I lose it every year because I take an off season. I lose all my muscles and then I have to like regain them again and I have to relearn a standing tuck. So when I got it again, when I was doing uh, all-star my final year, they like, there were like kids on the senior team who would like watch and they would be like, come on, Izzy. And they would like cheer you on. The kids are really sweet. Yeah. But it's the parents that are problematic. Yes. Yeah. The parents get competitive. They get catty, you know, and a lot of the time parents will have opinions. They don't know what the coach is doing. Like a coach might be putting someone in a spot because they're just a better fit. But the parents are like, well, that girl has better skills. Why, you know, or my daughter has more skills than that girl. So why is she not there? And it's like, you don't know what's going on. Let the coaches coach. I'm guessing that most of the cheerleading parents weren't, well, maybe they were cheerleaders at one point, but like, if they don't know what they're talking about, they're just going to like think that their kid's the best. And yeah, generally they're not. Usually the parents that are like the biggest complainers, I feel like don't have the best kids on the team. No, absolutely not. Cause their kids have no work ethic and it's because their parents just are complainers. Yeah. Were your parents like that at all? Like, did your parents like come to your meets or anything? They came to watch stuff, but they were not. And especially after high school, they didn't really come. They never went to Daytona. Yeah. You know why? Like, I think they were like, oh, you compete twice in Daytona. Yeah. And, you know, that's your trip. Um, so a lot of people's parents don't go. Actually, that's not true. People's parents go to that, but my parents didn't. And they, like, never got involved with, like, All-Star. They never – I always drove myself to the gym or got a ride to the gym. I paid for it myself. That's nice because then it's, like – then it takes the pressure off of you having a parent that expects you to like perform really highly. Yeah. And I think part of why I did cheerleading was because my family is like such a soccer family and I love cheerleading, but I think I also was like, this is my thing. Like I get to do, you know. Okay. So you have, do you have siblings? I have a younger brother. Yeah. And was he into soccer? Yes. Okay. Both played soccer for most of our lives. I ended up quitting soccer sophomore year of high school so I could cheer. And did your parents like play sports as kids? Were they soccer kids or anything like that? Yeah, my dad. So my parents grew up in the Cape Verde Islands. So okay. my dad just always like they're playing soccer all the time there. And then um, my mom didn't do as many sports, but the girls like in her country at at the time, like didn't do sports as much. Um, but when she came to the United States and she went to high school at Cambridge Region and Latin, um, she... I think did a little bit of tennis, like recreationally. Like, I think she did like, not like their competitive team, but she, you know, yeah. did that. And my dad was a soccer player and he played um, like the adult, like over 40 leagues in the area. That's so funny. Yeah. It's funny because I, I remember like when I was in elementary school, my dad was on like an over 40, like basketball league that was at our elementary school. And I was always like, it's weird that old people play sports together. Yeah, and it's so funny. And now you're like, oh, I totally get it. I yeah. Would- Cause like, I would do that now. Like I'm almost 30. Like I'd probably join a league. Like I joined a softball league. Like, sure. Why not? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. So outside of cheer and dance, did you have any other like obsessions growing up as a kid? I loved 
pop culture. Like I loved, I wanted to be a pop star. I was subscribed to like J4 mag, J14 magazine. Oh yeah. Yeah. I loved all that. So I loved like, I guess that's maybe because dance was such a big part of things. Like I, you know, I used to like make up dances, um, so like Britney Spears songs and Christina Milian and stuff in the backyard. Oh yeah. I think I did that with the Spice Girls. Like I was like all about that. Yeah. Izzy, we're coming to the end. Is there anything that you want to promote? Any social media or any shows coming up that you want to promote? No shows, but I am on social media. You can find me at Izzy DeRosa on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I have a website. It's izzyderosa.org where I post some blog posts on there. Nice. And do you have you? Okay. So I saw on social recently, you were like, follow my YouTube page. Are you planning to like do any fun videos this summer? Yeah. I would like to put out some more videos. I have one that I did with some horses that I need to put edit and put out. Wait with horses. Yes. Mini horses. What Uh, do you? So I'll, I'll put that one up. I have to edit it when I, you know what I, I think I got discouraged because I was editing it and I was like, oh my God, I did not get enough footage. This is going to be such a stupid video, but I think it'll actually be fun. And even if it is stupid, no one's expecting me to put out this, like, you know, I I have to see it. I have to see what you're doing with mini horses. Like I'm, I'm already like laughing at the concept. Okay. I'll put, I'll have to put it. Yeah. Put it out. Yeah. I'll, I'll edit it. Maybe I'll set a deadline by the end of July. This will be, and then what, by the time this episode comes out, this might be a, it might be out. Yeah. Well, you guys have been listening to The Gimme with your host, Kathleen DeMarle. Please uh, like and subscribe to us wherever you found us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and find us on uh, Instagram at The Gimme Pod. Thanks for listening.